All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. It surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Today, both Ted and Drew Bunting joining us for this episode, week one of the NFL season. Yep, squash the birds, baby, squash the birds. So, I'm doing good. I am moved in, not fully set up, but close to set up. Uh, some of you can see above my, whoop, whoop, this shoulder, a uh, fraction of the Adam Thielen uh, painting that will be a victory. Uh, what do I want to call it? Uh, let's say those who play Game of Skull. Here we go. This should help a little bit. Those that play Game of Skull have a chance to win that beautiful piece of artwork done by moi. Yes, that's right. That's called Thielen Breakout. And it made the trip perfectly safe and all right. I will personalize it for whoever wins. Good man. Good so man. how are I'm you guys? You got, I'm glad your move went safely and you're there safely. What is this rumor about Diggs being out today, which is not a rumor that actually happened, that it's caused due to a hamstring? Well, what do you think? He's gonna play. Um, he'll play. He'll it's, play. it's just, you know, the the one thing I think we all agreed on throughout the, the off season and the draft and training camp was wide receiver depth and what would happen if Fawn Diggs or Adam Thielen got hurt. I mean, yeah. if you guys remember, Adam Thielen went what the first seven or eight games with a hundred yards receiving, and that was because teams were still focusing on Stephon Diggs. Sure. If Diggs is out, they can blanket Thielen and and just tell the offense, let Ola B.C. Johnson or let Josh Doxson or let whoever beat me because I'm not going to let Adam Thielen beat me. Right. And mm-hmm. it'll be up to the Vikings to be able to do that. Can they? We'll see. When you're down one, you're almost down both of them when it comes to the Vikings. When you're you down absolutely one, are. One of the yeah, others. that's a great point. <clears throat> so I had, wow. let's hope he gets out there. We need to start with everybody at least. I mean, come on. Speaking of BC Johnson, do you think he is stepping in as the wide receiver three and will keep it? Go ahead, Drew. I think at the beginning of the season, until Josh Doxson gets a little 
a little more time under his belt and gets a little more of the playbook under his belt. I think Jock, Josh Doxson, the newest guy that we just traded for, he will give him a run for wide receiver three. But why not BC Johnson? He had a great preseason. He's ready to play. He appears to be competent out there and know what he's doing. And uh, I think he will he will be the first guy called upon, is what I think. But Doxson is a great football player. So we'll see what happens with that. I think it's going to be Chad Beebe this Sunday. Well, I, I don't know that there's a true WR3. I, I think it's going to be – I think BB and Johnson are, are going to get their fair share of looks apiece. I I honestly think um, the Vikings are going to do a lot of 12 packages with Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. And and hopefully that will be productive and, and BB won't run a wrong route and Kirk Cousins will throw it right into the chest of Vic. Oh. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I think I, Drew. I agree with you. I think Josh Doxson is going to be the WR three at some point. I don't even know that he'll be active this weekend, to be honest with you. Just because he, he just got signed and he's got what three days to learn the offense. Yeah, yeah. don't don't no. run out and get him on the waiver wire and throw him in your fantasy football team. Believe me, don't do that. No. <laughs> I mean he, but he might be active in case of injury, and he could be like you know WR five and see the field for a handful of plays, but I, I wouldn't expect a lot from him um, early. I, maybe maybe next week against the Packers, I would expect if he's going to get a big look, it would be week three at home against the Raiders. Man, that guy okay. that guy was so good at TCU. That guy was really a good football player at TCU. And the fact that he has a little bit of background playing with Cousins isn't a bad thing. I mean, no, no, I think that's a good thing, actually. I think that helps. I'll have to see how this – I'm kind of excited about getting that guy over here and see what we can get out of him. But, yeah, you're right. We have been talking about the wide receiver thing all off season. So, one you know, of the concerns went in. And that was just, you know, one more thing of one more bit of worry that I think we all had about this roster and the, the this team direction they were heading. And, you know, I, I hope it's not blowing up in week one. I, I'm probably overreacting. I, they're probably – resting him just to make sure he's going to be okay. I expect him to play Sunday. But but if he doesn't and this hamstring thing becomes like a season-long deal, like it so easily can. How many times have you seen oh, the hamstring, hamstring just nagging a guy for six, eight, ten weeks? That is I mean, a fucking turf toe. Oh, Same thing, you know. Yeah, that. yeah. So One week leads into the next week, leads into the next week. And then he comes back and he re-injures it in the second quarter. Then he's out another three weeks. Hamstring I mean, that, that happened to Dalvin Cook last year, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He came back so, and got hurt again. And it was like a month he got himself right. It was like it didn't didn't get right again until was it after the bye, I think. So yeah, yeah I don't know, man. I, I just hamstrings and kickers. We don't have luck with either one. <laughs> or ACL. Uh, how do you guys see this thing playing out? I mean, we got I don't I don't know anything about Atlanta. I haven't really seen it much in the preseason, but uh you know, they got Matt Ryan, you got a good quarterback, you always got a shot, I guess. Yeah. Dave, what do you think? I think they're going to be competing for the NFC South title. Now, whether they win it, they've got a good defense and a decent offensive line. It's just whether Matt Ryan, the knock on Matt Ryan is that he's a statue in the pocket, right? Our defensive ends and our interior rush is going to love that he's a statue in the pocket. Now, if they can disrupt him enough, it doesn't matter what the offense does. 
uh, or what the Falcon offense does because they're going to be in his face and it's going to be three and out and three and out and three and out. It all It's going to key on the Vikings defense getting to him early and often, getting him thrown off his game, right. and then our offense showing up uh, without any pressure. This is a normal time game, so there shouldn't be any pressure on Kirk Cousins. And I suspect Dalvin Cook will get we'll get to see some beautiful, beautiful runs from him. So it it the problem with the Falcons is that their quarterback's good. The problem with the Falcons is also that their quarterback's a statue. So if we can defeat that, we win. Okay. I like that, especially the ending when you say we win. I like that the best. <laughs> I think for me the key is going to be uh, the Vontae Freeman. Vikings yeah. run defense slipped to what? Middle of the road last year, 12th, 13th, 14th, right. I think it was. Didn't really look good this preseason either. <laughs> Freeman, two years ago, Freeman was an absolute <clears throat> beast. And he was hurt. He had a foot injury, I think it was, last year that he went on IR, I think, two games into the season or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. If he's healthy, um, the Vikings are going to need to have to stop him. I actually like, assuming assuming Xavier Rhodes is healthy, I like the Vikings secondary matchup against the Falcons. I I, I was I was kind of looking at, I, I did a post on DN, and I, I just, there are a lot of eerie, eerie similarities between the Falcons and the Vikings. But one thing I found is that Vikings have played three times, have played the Falcons three times since Mike Zimmer's been the coach of the Vikes. They've won all three games, and Julio Jones has yet to catch a touchdown pass, and he's only averaged about five catches for around 54 yards. Well, that was because it, it, Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, Xavier Rhodes was hot and could shut him yeah. down. Now, the question is, is that, does that Xavier Rhodes mm-hmm. still exist? Exactly. If if 2017 Xavier Rhodes shows up, Vikings, I think, are going to have a good day. If last year's Xavier Rhodes shows up, I, I don't know. They uh, could be a long afternoon because that's going to have a ripple effect to the rest of the secondary. I like a healthy Rhodes one-on-one on, on Julio Jones. I think Trey Waynes matches up with Mohamed Sanu, and I think um, Mac Alexander matches up with Calvin Ridley. If they can – if and if – and Dave, you said if the if the pass rush can get home, it could be a long afternoon for the for the Falcons offense. We'll we'll see, we'll see. Well, you I think talked it kind about, of runs up. It runs up what you're both saying. Well, Ted, you talked about the run defense being not so good last year. Well, we didn't yeah. have Shamar Stephan last year. Shamar Stephan was a big part of the run defense in 2017 as a rotational player. Hopefully. That shores up when he's out there. You, you think Shamar Stephens better than um, Sheldon Richardson at run defense? No. Yes. Okay. I'd have to. <laughs> okay. I'd have to punch I, into my no, PFF it, scores, but I do believe he wins. Oh, here we go. Oh, <laughs> here we go. You know, you know what? Uh, you guys kind of just is encapsulated is that the right word i'm looking for what you guys sure. just broke down the game there if what ted said falling back and what dave dave talking about the pass rush and the statue in the pocket none of that's going to mean shit if they're running the ball consistently on us 
just like the Vikings do with Cook. They like to get the Vikings like to get the run game going, and that opens up for them to be less predictable. Everything's a better flow. They can hit the quick quick passes and the rollout. You know, the the play action rollout passes to Rudolph when they're really when things are really going well is when they're running the football. Atlanta plays the same way when they're running the ball really effectively. That's when Julio and Matt Bryant kill you. Yep. Like that's what every time. So I think the success we've had against Julio Jones in the past, Ted mentions the three victories we've had when we played them, is probably because we were shutting their run down. Uh, and that's how you control Atlanta, pretty much, because Dave's right. And Matt Ryan's not going to get out and run on you. <laughs> but no. uh, if they're running the ball and getting six yards to carry, we're in big trouble. Well, you know, one thing, too, to, to consider is the guy that took over for Devontae Freeman last year was uh, – a dude named Tevin Coleman. He had he had over 800 yards rushing. He had a he's a pretty good back, and he is in is it Tampa Bay now or maybe San, not San Francisco. San Francisco. He's in San Francisco. San okay, Francisco. he's in San Francisco. So who who is behind the the days of of a dude carrying the ball 35 40 times are over. Come on, mm-hmm. Edo I mean, Smith, Judge Edo. Come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, I just I I think if the Vikings can can make the Falcons pass. It plays into their hands. Exactly. But that's assuming Xavier Rhodes is healthy. If he isn't healthy, and what was that um uh what was what was game three? It was against Seattle. Um they're they're yeah they're tune up game against Seattle at home or no no the Cardinals. It was the Cardinals where Rhodes just looked like he was pulling up gimping uh, on those first two drives. And he was getting beat deep, and, and yeah, if, if that happens, it's going to be a long afternoon for the Vikings. You can't let Matt Ryan and Julio get going in that groove. I've, no. watched, I've watched so many games with those two. By the second quarter, Julio Jones has nine catches for 175 yards, and nobody can stop him. That's when the, that's when the Falcons are rolling at their best, and you can't – you've got to force somebody else to beat you. Yeah, Ryan and Julio Jones could play blindfolded. They played a lot together, man. They know what they're even on the broken routes. Those guys knows what they're doing. So it all starts with the run. But we say that in every game: shut down the run, force them to pass, pressure the quarterback, get turnovers. I mean, it's the same scheme all the time. So Dave's firing one yeah. up over there. What's Dave doing? You okay Dave? there, Dave? Yeah, I'm okay. It's just doing rips. Yeah. What's the call? I need more beer. Just coming out of the mines, got a little black lung disease going on there, do you? <laughs> Woo! Yeah, it's all for real this Sunday. We can't say, oh, it's just preseason, guys. Let's wait till the opener. We saw all deal. I want them to start fast and play hard. None of this standing around. Let's get going with this. What's what's the one thing? Let me let me a question a question for the group. If what's the one thing or one player or one position group, what's the thing that you're going to be looking at the most for the Vikings this Sunday? Pass defense. Pass defense? Yes. Dave. Uh, <laughs> kicking. No. Um, I knew it. I knew <laughs> I was going to say that, which is probably the best answer you could give. I probably should have said um, kicking, too. No, no, actually, I want to, the one thing, holy crap, I want to see everything. I want to see the offense, I want to see the defense, and I want to see the kicking. Um, 
the one Mike's thing secondary and key, offensive line. Those I want to see. Areas. I want to watch the offense. I want to watch the offensive line. How well do they protect? How many holes do they open up for Cook? Uh, they establish run game, pass game. Do they move down the field efficiently? And do they score lots of points? We do that. The defense plays meh, right? Not their top of the line stuff. But if the offense plays balls the walls, scores, say, 24 points or better, we win that football game. I'm going to be looking at the offensive line. It, it has got to be better this year. If it's bad again this year, it's not going to matter how much Kirk Cousins knows the offense. It's not going to matter how well Stephon Diggs' hamstring is. It's not – none of it – it's not going to matter that Dalvin Cook's healthy. None of it's going to matter. Nothing it, really matters. <laughs> anyone <laughs> can see. <laughs> Nothing it's, really it's matters. Seriously, though, if the offensive line is is bad again, it's going to have a ripple effect for the rest of the offense. And it's going to be, be bad again. Be they can't be bad again. They got Bradbury in there. And they got. No, I, no I, I mean, that said, I think they'll be better. I mean, if, if for nothing else. Well, Neil hasn't even played yet. So. They're better by, you know, kind of addition by subtraction with Compton and Remmers gone. I mean, they, those guys were just not good last year. Yeah, but then you got O'Neal who hasn't taken a snap in a preseason game yet. What's he going to be like? What kind of shape is he going to be in? Is he yeah. in game shape? Is Klein going to get run over? Is uh, Drew Samia going to have to be plugged in there already? Is Elfline going to step it up? I mean, we had problems up there so far this preseason, but yeah. oh, oh, settle down, Drew. It's not just preseason. Wait, Magic Wand's going to come out. <laughs> it's all going to get taken care of. So the O-line hasn't really looked spectacular this this leading up to this point. I thought they've looked good in spurts. I mean, I, I don't think it's as bad as, as they were kind of being portrayed to be. Um, they, there were they had their moments. Don't get me wrong, um, but I, I have a feeling they're going to be better. And if they're better, I think the offense is going to be better. And if the offense is going to be better, and the defense can at least maintain where they were last year, it's going to be a good season. Good. That's what we like to hear. Old pessimistic bastard coming around for once. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up Sunday night. <laughs> Great to do shows with you guys. Yeah, but Sunday night you've already begged out, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I mean, look, man, I got to go to a funeral. I can't, can't really help that. So, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, let's. Sunday, what you, we got. What are you doing, Drew? My bird just bit me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey's all fired up over here. He's acting like Johnny Randall. <laughs> I haven't fed him yet. He gets in that John Randall, Keith Millard mode. Oh. I am am excited about this game, though. I want to get this thing going. I've been waiting too long. I'm excited for football to finally start. (coughs) Yes, very much so. It's uh, it's been too long. And, you know, the offseason seems to get longer, and I I talk myself into more worst-case scenarios every single year. It's it's got to end. We got to play the games. We just got to play the games. We got to start off one and zero. I don't want to get, you know, we're at home. We should win this game. We're a better team than Atlanta. I think. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Well, we'll but see. I thought we were better than Buffalo last year too. 
We'll see. Well, what's your prediction? <laughs> Pain. Pain. <laughs> well, hey, this, this is going out Saturday morning. So, Pain. what is your prediction, Drew? So, what's oh, my go prediction? Ahead. Go ahead, Drew. I'm gonna. I think the Vikings put up about thirty. And I think the Falcons put up about 20. So I'm going to say 30-20. Ted? Well, I, I said I was just, before I came back on with you guys, I was I was a guest on a on a podcast over at the Falcoholic, which is the Falcons SB Nation site. And I said 24-16 or 24-13 or 24-16 Vikings. And then the Falcons host, Gina Thomas, uh, said she thought Matt Bryant would come out and kick a field goal with no time left um, to prove everybody wrong that they should that and that will prove everybody right for bringing Matt Bryant back. And so I revise my prediction to fifty-one nothing because I'm sick of <laughs> the Falcons beating the Vikings on last-minute field goals for Dude. like the last twenty years. I'm yeah. sick of it. That's funny. No, I I think it's I fifty-one nothing would be absolutely. 24-16 sounds about right. First game. Call Gina and tell her she's drunk. They're not going to win. <laughs> nah, Gina's, gonna, good. Gina's good people. They're not going to win on a field goal at the end. Come on, man. I don't it's think so. Happen. I think the Vikes are going to win. 24-16. I like that. I like that. Who gets the Vikings' first touchdown? Uh, Alexander Madison, one-yard plunge. On first down, they're not going to have to pound the rock four times in the line. Madison's going to get the ball, and he's going to score the first time. Matt Asiata? <laughs> 11 shots from inside the one, but they score on fourth. They score on 14th and one. Matt Asiata, 12 carries for seven inches. <laughs> uh, I, think, I believe. I think, Madison, I, I think Madison's going to get hit behind the line of scrimmage and carry eight guys across the goal line with him. That's good play-by-play play right there. Good knowledge. Dave, who's getting the first touchdown? Nightheart. Um, I'm going with the wide receiver three. Whoever that is. Really? BC, BB, whoever. No, actually, it should be uh, <laughs> um, it should be Rudy. BC. Should be Rudy for about me, let's say, 12 yards. Who gets, right. the, who gets the first offensive holding penalty on the first drive? It's going to happen. It happens every year. I'm going Gary Bradbury. I'm going to say Gary Bradbury, and people are going to explode and say he's a bust, and what are we doing drafting a center in the first round? You know what? Everybody's going to lose their mind. I'm going to say Bradbury, too. First holding call. <laughs> I was figuring Hill. Get him out of there! But Hill isn't going to be in there. So, I'll go Reef. Our adequate tackle. How, how many sacks are the Vikings going to get Sunday? Four. And Four three of them by lot. blitz. Four's a lot, but I would, yeah, I'll say four. We'll put good number. Candy ass Ryan on his ass. I'm going five, and Daniel Hunter gets two and a half. Oh, oh, Falcons, the Falcons' right tackle <laughs> is either is either a, a hurt rookie first rounder or a rookie undrafted free agent. Yeah, Daniel Hunter is going to feast on Sunday. It ain't going to. It ain't no Bill Freilich over there. Let me tell you. <laughs> They don't have no more Freilich. Billy Freilich. Let me tell you. No, they don't. The pride of Pittsburgh Panthers, Bill Freilich. He was Five, I like player. that. That's a good call. That's a good call. Five sacks? 
Yeah. I could go for that. If Cook, I think if Cook can get a, close to 100 yards, 90 somewhere around that area, I think we could control what we want to do. It's it's uh, we're going to have to be around 100 yards rushing every week to get what we want to get. So I think Cook goes over 100 yards. I think I, I just want Cook to put together a couple months of straight playing where he's not yeah. in the lineup. Yeah. Well, him playing well should open up a whole bunch of other stuff. And not have any defense you instead, know, pitting their ears back. Instead of him playing crappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually when people play well, it does generally open up stuff. Play well. That was John Madden right there. You know, the Vikings score more points, they're going to win the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy tackled this guy and then this guy. Uh, seriously, um, I hope – Regarding Cook and the running game, I hope if they struggle early, and it's very possible with the new scheme and it's going live against you know the first team on first team with an actual game plan install, I hope if they if they struggle early, they don't abandon the running game like John D. Filippo did last year. Oh. Stick with it. I, I think I think if they stick with it, eventually it's going to start paying off because Cook is is one of the best in the NFL at, at breaking it and making something something happen when when nothing. Is there? He's a chunk yardage running back for sure. Yeah, and and I I think as the game goes on, as long as it stays close, you know, if the Vikings are within a score, they have a lead, um, and they can control the clock by running the ball, it, it's going to pay dividends in you know late third quarter, fourth quarter. There's, there's one thing nobody wants to talk about. It's probably the most most important position out there. We'll just won't talk about it. Let's just not talk about Cousins. That way he'll do good. No, let's talk about him. I, mean, I don't want to separate. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Six hundred pound gorilla in the room. <laughs> Kirk Cousins will do his... fine. It's not a prime time game. It's not a super important game. He knows the pressure isn't there. So now he has a bad record against good quarterbacks. But okay. I mean, Kirk Cousins yeah, walked in right now and sat down and said, Dave, Dave, tell me, what what would you tell him right now? If he walked in and said, Dave, give me some advice on what I can do Sunday, what would you? Uh, what would your main instruction be? Don't get laid the night before. That's what you would tell him. <laughs> no. Really? Um, <laughs> really? You remember that playing high school ball? Coaches told you not to do it the night before a game? At least they did us. doing it during a game. That's because your coach didn't want you to have – he didn't want to have to deal with you and your pregnant teenage girlfriend. Didn't That's the only reason your coach told you that in high school. Well, I was doing it at halftime. Uh, no. Um, if, if Kirk – if no, I was I mean, to how talk – would you instruct – how would you instruct Cousins? What does he have to do to, to have a good game? Let's hear it. Have fun. Play like it doesn't matter. Just to have fun. Take the pressure off. Have fun. Okay, well, certainly a certainly wise wisdom advice. Keep somebody because half of his problem, I think, is in his brain when he gets too emotional and pissed off. He starts making just bad decisions. So hopefully Zimmer can keep him grounded a little bit. We'll see. I would tell him not to turn the ball over. He averages one turnover a game throughout his career. That has got to stop. It just really has got to. He could help himself, Ted, if he would just cut down on that one thing. Don't turn yeah. it over. Don't turn the ball over. Don't fumble it. Don't throw a stupid pick. Yeah, you know, but that's if, what if, happened last year. If, if there's, 
That's that's yep. what happened last year when Zim supposedly told him, "Hey, don't take those shots. Don't turn the ball over." And he his deep throws disappeared, and he started coming back and back. I'd say, you know, let it all hang out, baby, because if you tell him not to turn it over, he's going to say, "Oh, I'm not going to turn it over." So he's going to drop back and he's going to do three yard dump passes, right? And where? All right. Kirk Cousins, what is his problem with screen passes? He has was one of the worst percentages for throwing screens out of any quarterback. And I have no idea why. That's usually a high percentage pass for every quarterback. Every quarterback usually hits around 80%. He hits around like 60. And it's like, that should never happen. And it's I don't know if it's pressure or what it is. Um, so, like I said... Don't put him under any pressure. Tell him to go have fun. And let him work his magic. And hopefully he will. Because the other approach of pressuring him sure as hell hasn't worked. And, and don't have sex and don't throw screen passes. <laughs> you know, you say, I hear people talk about just manage the game. Manage the game. The quarterback, just don't turn it over. Just manage the game. Every single freaking football game. It comes to a point where it's third and 13 and you need a 15-yard first down pass. Every game comes down to where you where they're walking up to the line, and I know you guys see it when you're watching the set going, come on, Cousins, you got to come through here. you got to get us a first down. And then he throws so, a five-yard square into freaking Rudolph. Well, my point is people say, you hear it a lot on TV on ESPN and the analysts say, just manage the game. Be a game manager. You don't have to win the game. You know what? A lot of times a quarterback has to make big plays and win the game. Yeah. So you can't, you have to, your quarterback has to make big plays. Big time players make big plays in big moments. So that's what I want to see Cousins on third and 13. A broken play, he gets pressured, he has to roll out, and he fires it on a 20-yard pass, and I'll go, that's what we need. That's how he builds confidence. And he he did it. I mean, he did it last year. Remember week two at Green Bay? Yeah. I mean, he was nails. He was utter. He was absolute nails. When I, and that, you know, his problem is on those certain plays when he's got to come through and make a big play, he fails. Yeah. Then he shrugs his shoulders. He walks to the sideline. He's shrugging his shoulders. He's sitting alone on the bench with a towel on his head doing the Cam Newton. You can't do it. He's got, he's the kind of guy you got to keep him encouraged. With that, we're going to wrap this up for everybody that's been watching. This is going to look a little janky. I'm using a new computer and new software, and we got to iron out the bugs. But I do hope that you like like it. Anybody that's used Ecamm before and wants to hit me up with some tips and tricks, I'm all for it. And for the rest of us, right, mere mortals, Vikings fans that are looking forward to Sunday, Skull Vikings! Let's win this game. Go Blue. See you guys later. Go Blacks.